All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck sticks? What the fuck nuggets? Yeah, got it in. Let's close with what the fuck nuggets today. How would that be? Hi, I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you here. Always happy to be in your head through your ear holes. Uh, Anna Kendrick is here today. The lovely Anna Kendrick is here. And I do get a little starstruck sometimes, folks. I do, and I did, but I tried to handle it. All right, you'll see. You'll see. A couple of things that uh, I want to promote, if I could. I'll be at the New York Comedy Festival at the Skirball Center on the NYU campus, which is the entirety of Lower Manhattan. But uh, I'll be there at the at the Skirball Center November 7th. We added a second show. The first one is sold out. So if you're in New York and you want to see me and you want to make the drive, I believe it's going to be a good show. I'm feeling strong about it. Because I haven't been to New York in a few years, a couple years since I've done a, a major stand-up event there, and uh, I'm going to be working on it. So if you can't be in New York and you want to see me work out some stuff, I'll be at the Trippany House at the Steve Allen Theater, September 16th, 23rd, and 30th, and October 14th and 21st. Be doing that stuff. I'm also doing some oddball dates. Look, you can go get all this information at WTF Pod uh, and look at the calendar section. Uh, but that's what's happening. I haven't talked to you since uh joan rivers passed away and i didn't know joan that well but i think she was one of the the greatest real comedians that that ever lived and i i am so glad that over the last few years she was so appreciated by so many people i mean she's been around a long time uh, she had an amazing career resurgence and i was uh, privileged enough to do her her talk show uh in bed with joan rivers i was in bed with joan rivers and and we had a great time and she was a she was a great lady and and really a a, a great great stand-up comedian and it's sad and uh it, it, it i feel like you know, she had a long life, and, and, and I know that uh, there's some investigation going on about what happened at the hospital, but uh, she did have a good long life, and she did uh, do some amazing work, and she will be missed. And uh, that's what I have to say about it. It's it's interesting because I I do this show, and when people pass away, they, you know, they, they want me to say something, and I don't know what to say. Uh, you, you know, it, it was horrible with, with Robin and, uh, you know, but thank God I had that, that interview to share with you guys. And I was glad I had that, but I, I didn't really know Joan. And, and all I can say is that, uh, I thought she was, uh, an amazing comedian and, uh, a real force in nature. And, and, and I, uh, and it's, it's just sad. I, I, I don't know that there, sometimes there's this media feeding frenzy. You know, there's a fine line between, a you know, a, a tribute and, and, uh, an exploitation, of of a sad event and it all happened so quickly and i i just uh i do what i can here and uh, i share my feelings here you know we lost a great comedian in joan rivers and 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 that's and that's how i feel about it uh, and i'm glad she had a, a a good long life and i'm glad that people appreciated her and she will be missed so anyways i want to thank the people of nevada city for coming out to the show i did two shows with nick thune uh, up at the uh, nevada city film festival and i'd never been to nevada city and as some of you know uh, i think i've uh, kind of talked about this before anytime i go out of town to a place that seems reasonable and quiet and and uh, uh you know off the grid a little bit i think jesus why am i not living here why can't i be a farmer it's a, it's sort of an interesting town i was only there for a day but apparently it was like you know the center of the gold rush clusterfuck in northern california 
And it, there's just uh, there's pieces of equipment. There are these giant water cannons and and rock crushers that are from the turn of the century or whenever that happened. God forbid I do a little research. But this was it. This is this is where all those lunatic prospectors just went to just destroy the mountains and find the nuggets. It was uh, I imagine it determined a lot of of uh, the foundation of our of our monetary standard at that time. In my mind, uh, what what happened there was that they just extracted all the gold they could and entered that into the economic ecosystem, and uh, was part of the the great uh, definer of uh, the American monetary system. That's how I'm going to frame it in my head because it seems to work for the analogy I want to make. Now, apparently, the big money making business up in that part of the woods is weed a lot of weed growers growing the legal weed growing the prescription medicine weed but weeds big business up in the up in the hills around nevada city to the point where i from what i understand it's almost picking season and people come from around the world to be pickers i I think i get the feeling it's sort of like a stoner summer camp thing that you know just a bunch of kids from all around the world can go pick weed but it's sort of interesting to me that at one time they were mining gold out of those hills and that becomes sort of the foundation of American capitalism. And now they're growing weed to ease us through the inevitable decline of what we've grown to know as the American uh, economic system. Hey, things aren't working out. All the gold is gone. But how about some weed? So Anna Kendrick will be here shortly and I adore her. And uh, you'll probably hear that. I, I don't hide that well, nor do I try to. But I'll tell you something. She's in this movie, Happy Christmas, which is a Joe Swanberg movie. Uh, you can, uh, you can, it's in some theater still, and it's also uh, on demand and on iTunes. And I'll tell you, I saw it, and he went out of his way to shoot this film on 60 millimeter film, which I hadn't even seen in a long time. Do you remember the last time you saw uh, an indie film shot on film? I mean, maybe I don't notice it, but I, I would think I would. But I, but I was I was very impressed with the spirit of the movie. I was fortunate enough. I was up in, uh, and I'll talk to Anna about this a bit, but I was up in San Francisco and I went to a, uh, I went to a screening and the screening before the one I went to, he was talking on Skype and he was a lovely guy and he had a lot of, um, a lot of thoughts about why he does the films he does. I'd never seen a, a Joe Swanberg movie and Happy Christmas was the first one I'd seen. And it was, he does all improvised films and I, since then, I watched his movie Drinking Buddies, and I think there's a real honesty to his work, and I think he's a he's a great filmmaker. It's it's I've not really seen the work of an, a filmmaker that intimate and with that kind of feeling. And the fact that he did this film uh, improvised, which means it was outlined and shot on film, I mean, it just raises raises the stakes a little bit. I mean, all these actors had to know. You know that, that they, you know, with video, you can just shoot take after take after take, and the the, the moments get lost. And they, you know, a lot of times, I think you're seeing something that might be over rehearsed. Usually, you're hopefully seeing the best moment, but who knows? And it really looked different. It was really refreshing to me to see something shot on 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 film, and knowing that the stakes were were heightened a little bit. And it's it's also kind of wild to me that you know just how many expectations one brings to a film from being pummeled their entire life by mainstream films. You know, there, there are moments in the film where I'm thinking like something menacing is going to happen and, and it doesn't, it's just the emotional ebb and flow of these characters. And I'm always a little sort of fucked up when, when my brain works like that. Cause even when I was just in Nevada city, I was, uh, you know, I was put up in a small cabin and because I see too many movies, there was no fucking way I was going to be able to sleep in a cabin 
by a creek in a lovely little town that used to be a prospector town. God knows what kind of murders and horrible things went on there. God knows who's wandering the hills. God knows if one of those dreadlocked lunatics that I gave stink eye to at Ike's, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not an old man like that, but you never know what's inside of people and you never know when a ghost is just going to come and, and, and uh, ruin your life. Got to be careful. Ghosts will do that. So, all right. So again, I was nervous. I don't know why I get nervous. People are just people, but Anna Kendrick is a special person. And uh, I was thrilled that uh, she, um, she came by the garage so let's talk to her now. What did you do for a workout? I went to one of those classes for, you know, it's like ballet based, but it's um, it's just pain. It's just like searing behind the eyes pain. Ballet based. Yeah. It like makes you question like, do I want do I want to be in shape? Yeah. I, is this I mean, necessary? Is it, is it that important? Yeah. I mean, because uh, right now my body is telling me to stop. My <laughs> body is telling me that I'm going to murder this instructor <laughs> and her whole family. Yeah. I'm young. What do I need this for? <laughs> I get that a lot. The uh, I'm going to kill you. I hate you uh, instructor <laughs> thing. Like they, and it's always the best instructors. He's great. I'm like, I want him to die. I want yeah. that guy to die. Yeah. But it's ballet. Like, what do you go to? A, is it a special thing? What is yeah, it? I mean, I don't really know. It, it might the ballet thing might be like kind of a gimmick. It's just the usual stuff, you know. Like li- lift your leg in, right. until it hurts, until you want to kill me. Yoga ish. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you do you know ballet? Um, I mean, I danced when I was a little kid, but I was never good. No, no, and yeah, I mean, it was like I grew up in Maine, and so the um, we didn't we didn't have like a a huge dance scene. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't mean to like put down modern know. dance in Maine. There's not a the, the <laughs> no. I mean, actually, there there there. I shouldn't say there's like there are people in Maine who are excellent dancers, and there are people who take it really seriously. And and I was just not very good. Right, there's <laughs> people that take dance seriously everywhere. I went and saw like a serious dancing. When was the last time you went to a modern dancing? Um, I went to see something at. Bam! That was yeah. That oh, in was, Brooklyn. Yeah, that was really good. Do you, it's it's wild, isn't it? Does yeah. He, I, I get emotional. About oh it. no, dance is like everything to me. If I could do anything, like if I if you could like magically, you know that. Do you ever does have, has anybody ever asked you like if you could be the best in the world at something, but <laughs> yeah. no one could ever know about it? A secret best in yeah, the world thing. Yeah, for sure, mine would be dancing because it's so like emotional and beautiful and expressive and like to yeah. be able to express yourself. Like I mean, that's that? all we ever do is right. like, I just want to be able to express what's going on inside of me. And dancers can do that. And pure. They're, they're, and their bodies, their instrument. Exactly. It's, it's so pure. pure. It's so pure. Because we express, like expressing myself through comedy, that's <laughs> that's just a, a, an exercise in hostility and repressed <laughs> anger and, and hiding things. It's like a trick. <laughs> yeah. And acting, you kind of can inhabit someone else, mm-hmm. but dancing. But it's still through someone else. And exactly. It's, and it's sort of within like all the machinations of, the, of, of filmmaking mm-hmm. and what that means. And, and dancing is just sort of like oh, we're here. Yeah, I'm we're just doing, doing it. it. I cry every time <laughs> I see it. I cry at musicals though. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I enjoy crying in any darkened theater, really. <laughs> for, for any reason. Yeah, it might not have anything to do with the movie. No, but there's something about um about dance and about people singing that just kills me. I yeah. it, and it shouldn't. I mean, uh, like even if it's a happy song, if mm-hmm. there's many people singing it. And they're moving around on a stage, and it's happy. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh god, <laughs> how comes. are they so open? I don't. Know. <laughs> how do they just do that? I think secretly, I just want to dance and sing. Mm-hmm. Why can't I? I don't know. Do you? St- can you sing? Do you yeah, sing? I can sing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do it sometimes. All right. But it's very frightening. It's it's horrifying to me. Oh horrifying. oh oh! You mean like publicly? Yeah. 
I've done it. Mm-hmm. I feel okay about it. And I feel like uh, once I got through that initial fear, I feel pretty good about it because I can sing okay, but horrifying, terrifying. Why is that? I go up there and I, well, I'm not, I don't know why I'm asking you, but maybe you can give me some insight. Well, I'm not, a, you know, I don't, I don't. You like, know, you can, you can sing. You I do. Can, I, but I don't, I don't like sing publicly and I, and I certainly don't, uh, I have, I have sung publicly a couple of times in the last couple of years, but, um, Sort of like I sang at the Kennedy Center for the Shirley MacLaine um, was getting her Kennedy Center honors. And I sang in that. Um, big but gig. that was, That's but again, big... totally big gig. Totally. It was amazing. Were you going nuts? I, I, I wanted to throw up. It was, I was so scared. And I was with like Broadway veterans in my like group, you know, honoring Shirley MacLaine. Um, and, uh, and we were all like shit scared we really? were backstage like because we learned it all in like 24 hours what was and, the song um it's what? my song was it's not where you start it's where you finish mm-hmm. um and this was a song she had sung yes yes so um so that wasn't exactly like me expressing something inside of myself and saying like i want you to see who i am yeah. and like does the audience right. accept me yeah, like that was not, not going you. on right. you know so that was mostly just like hey like you know, I hope your voice sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> like, get through it. We're gonna yeah, get through this. Don't don't try anything fancy that you haven't done in rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. Don't get don't get that like hyped up audience thing yeah. where you try something right. and regret it later. I'm gonna riff. Yeah, I'm just gonna scat. For I'm just a while. gonna go up on that note this time. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's a separate thing. Yeah. Like you, you right. your fear of it's a vulnerability. Yes, exactly. Like I think like anything else, if you get comfortable singing, it's not as vulnerable. It's not as risky. Mm-hmm. Like there there's something very embarrassing about singing badly. Mm-hmm. Or singing out of note, out of key, you know, it's, it's hard to come back from. Yeah, that's, like, that's sort of how I feel about anything athletic, though. I, I think they're not a dissimilar I, feeling. I could see that, Like, yeah. where it's not, it's not ex- exactly, like, expressive, per right. se, but... But I just feel like, oh, I'm just like, I, I just don't deserve to be on this earth. I, I, like, can't, I can't throw. I should die. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm a bad person. But um, but you did get scared. Who were the veterans you were with? Um, Sutton Foster, uh-huh. Patina Miller, um, uh, Karen Olivo. Um, These are all Broadway people. Yes. It's so weird how much I don't know. That was always a thing for you? You have a tremendous amount of respect for Broadway? Yeah. In I, general? I think later in the evening, I had some... Uh, tipsy drunken tearful thing with oh. Sutton where I was like you inspire me so much I'm just foolish but is that how you started be- becoming interested in acting I mean was stage yeah acting? when I was when I was very young yeah absolutely you, you took to stage stuff yes like um in Portland Maine yeah I, you know I know Maine oh yeah I do I started my comedy career in Boston and I used to do one-nighters all over Maine really I once drove from Boston to Machias Maine you know, okay. Do you even know where that is? I do. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, to do a college gig opening for a hypnotist. That is the furth- the furthest point east in the United States, driving up that coastline mm-hmm. to where things get weird and the gene pool gets tighter. <laughs> and it's it's like trippy, man. It's a beautiful state, but I've yeah. well-traveled. I have done it. I, yeah. know, I know Portland. Yeah, you've been everywhere, huh? Not everywhere, but I did a lot of weird gigs out there. But I have been a lot of places. But Maine, like Portland, that's a real city. It's nice. Yeah, no, Portland was amazing. I mean, I, I realized the more of the country that I see, the more I realize that I've, I'm really lucky that I grew up in in Portland because uh, I just assumed that a greater population automatically translated to more of an art scene right. and more, you know, kind of... Um, Sometimes the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Portland's like 65,000 people. Right. Or it was when I lived there anyway. Really? I'm sure it's more, there, more now. Wow. But um, I've small. been to places 
you know, I won't name names or anything, but I've been Do to places it. that uh, are have I've been really depressed being there, and I just I'm like looking at. I just, I'm like, I thought this was like a big city. Right. You know? Well, the weird thing about art scenes is sometimes, that even if it's in a bigger city, like at certain types of uh, creative communities just feel like they're 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 marginalized. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this thriving art scene. It's a bunch of angry people, yeah. you know, in a weird theater, going like, "Fuck, no one's coming <laughs> to our show." <laughs> How many siblings you got? I got an older brother who actually works at BAM. Oh really? In mm-hmm. Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a cool place. Yeah. How'd you grow up? What were your folks doing? Um, my mom uh, is a, an accountant, and my dad was a history teacher. History teacher mm-hmm. at your school? Um, well, he was a substitute teacher, he, and he would kind of get like long term gigs when pe- when teachers would go on sabbatical and stuff. Right. So he was sort of all over the place. Like occasionally, I freelance. Think, I think maybe teacher. twice he actually taught a class that I was in, in? which was you know understandably weird. Um, yeah. but but that was like um kind of short-term substitute teaching situations but he was a like a he taught french for a year at the all girls school in our area and like history. can you speak for, french i could in high school i was pretty good but no man more? it just it disappears if it you don't work, if you don't work that muscle it's just so you grew up with like fairly well i don't know accounting but you know that's a little specific but it, I, I always picture that if someone has a teacher as a parent that they're at least open-minded <laughs> and you know history teacher and supportive was oh that, yeah you know? no they were i mean my my parents were very, very supportive um, and, and very like artistic and opened me up to a lot of stuff. My, my mom is more into the visual arts, which I could never Painting get, a, and stuff? get a handle on. Yeah. I mean, I can't even draw a stick figure. It's really, but it's do you, awful. But are you able to appreciate it? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and she... Um, Does she draw? Yeah. Yeah. She draws and she paints and... Um, and But my dad was more into theater and stuff, very into the Irish drama of the world. Really? Yeah. I mean, we saw a McDonough play, Beauty Queen of Lenon, when I was 12, and we just, like, it was, it was actually kind of amazing because my mother watched um, me and my dad and my brother just laugh hysterically at Beauty Queen of Lenon, and she was like, you guys are fucking sick. <laughs> you, this is, you are disgusting. <laughs> is, is he Irish? Yeah. He is? That's a like they have they're they're sort of heavy people yeah and they exactly they, like they, like Irish poetry and Irish theater it's like <laughs> but they, but on the other side of that they seem to know how to have a good time yeah no very um I think very into dark humor and finding humor and um, yeah like gallows humor yeah it's been rough for them over there <laughs> yeah you know it's a very beautiful place but it's mm-hmm. it's been hard yeah exactly <laughs> I just noticed your what the fuck. Um, ring? Ring? Who fashioned that for you? Some dude. Oh. A fan. A fan? Yeah. You get jewelry from fans? I get all kinds of shit from fans. Do you get stuff like that? Um. Come on, you get stuff. I get some stuff, yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine the stuff you get. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this There's no way of shit. There's no way of telling this story that doesn't make me sound like a dick, but Do it. whatever. You hey, can be a dick. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so, and I, and I promise you, like, on paper, this is the craziest thing I've gotten or thing that has happened um, it was my birthday recently and a couple of people managed to get my home address uh, you know because once it's on the internet it's, it's impossible to kind of yeah. get rid of it so so a couple people for my birthday and it was they they include in the message like I'm sorry if this is an invasion of privacy right. it's like well it is <laughs> it is and if you would have just sent it through the appropriate channels it would have been a lot sweeter and uh-huh. less creepy but Anyway, so what happened? Um, a couple people sent things and you know, like a teddy bear and you know stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and I and I and I sort of just on principle, you sent it to my home and it's not appropriate. And I and I just kind of get rid of it and 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 I and I don't even want to give it to like a, a friend or you yeah. know like to it because 
because you never know if there's anthrax in the teddy bear. I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. And and no, there's probably not. But it's just Good it, chance, it, it no just anthrax. goes in the trash. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. it's too weird to like to be right. like, oh well, you know. Yeah. I'll just give my this to friend, a child. My friend has a baby. <laughs> like, I'm sure he'd love this teddy bear. No, no. I'm so, you know I don't want to be wasteful, right. but it goes in the trash. Sure. And um and I got one uh that was a, like a long letter about how he really felt like we should be together uh-huh. and um if he if I would just give him a chance and and he didn't want to do it over social media because he thought that that would pressure me because it would be public right like, right sure but he sending to, something to my right. house he wants to do it right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> wants to be a gentleman yeah um and he sent me a pair of diamond earrings <laughs> get the fuck out of here yeah. for real ones for real diamond earrings okay but you i went, you went and checked i did go and check right um i was just like these have to go in the trash like oh. i can't i cannot un- yeah. it, i cannot wear them i can't give them to someone i can't it's too weird like yeah. these it, on principle, right. if the teddy bear goes in the trash, these go in the trash. Yeah, like, I, so you had to throw away the. So I had iron. to throw. Yeah, so if you send it to my house, it's going. It's going right. in the trash. Go through the appropriate channels where it can go through the proper security vetting, <laughs> and we can test the teddy bears for anthrax, and and they'll make her, their way to Anna. <laughs> also, also, did that if, guy stop bothering you? Though? Also, I, I mean, I have, I didn't, I don't like to look too much into it. If something becomes a problem, I have had like people, you know. Look, you know, I've I've hired someone to investigate sure. someone, you know, because this one guy was getting really psycho. Yeah, but um, but mostly I just don't think about it, and that's been fine so far. Yeah. So until that changes, that well, you're you know. one of those people because of. But your... can you imagine if I kept the earrings and then I'd have to like marry this guy? No, of like, course there'd be no other way. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd <laughs> that's have how to, it works. You'd have to go on, say Fallon or something, and go like, "Hey, I'm wearing the earrings. So I haven't heard from me. you. Yeah, you know where I live." <laughs> Come on, don't be a pussy now. Oh God! No, I, it's tricky because you, you're you're one of those type of uh, actresses that has a, uh, a a vulnerability, and and you seem kind of like um, accessible, and you're kind of quirky. And so I'm sure there's just yeah. like you know a ton of guys that just like, oh, she's like so perfect for me. <laughs> like just. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that because I have had a number of guys when I was with like. A gentleman um, come up to me and say, um, "Oh, uh, just so you know, you're like on my list of like five people, you know, because my girlfriend and I have like the five people that we could sleep with, if, whatever." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, if that came up. Like if yeah. I was, you know, and I just kind of like, oh, <laughs> what a coincidence! Glad to make the list. <laughs> but I, but it's funny <clears throat> because at at first it feels like kind of very flattering that I, you know, but at the same time, I feel like no one would go up to Jessica Biel and say that. Like, you say that to, like, Ellen Page, because she seems, like, sweet and accessible and lovely. Right, true. And you feel like, oh, she'll, like, laugh and think that this is cute. cute. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I saw Jessica Biel recently mm. on a plane, and I was, you know, I, I I couldn't ever talk to her at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> I met her very, very briefly, and I was just like, how is what, it? How what, do you, what do you, how are you doing that? Yeah, whatever you, like, just sitting there. How are you just sitting there like you do? <laughs> It was fucking crazy. It's like magic. It's yeah, like black magic. It, it's some weird birth thing. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are these people that are born into the world, mm-hmm. and you see them on the street, and you're like, and you're oh. like, oh, thank you that I got to see you today. That's right. It's like thank seeing you for being some rare like animal. That. You're like, oh, there, it's, there's one. Speak very you're, quiet. Yes, don't, don't, don't get, <laughs> don't, don't make distract any her, movements. and we'll be able to watch her for a little longer. <laughs> 
but yeah, I could see Ellen in you, and like there's a like Janine's like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Janine has like uh, when I work with Garofalo, you know, you just get these flocks of dudes, and 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 oddly, they don't look threatening because mm-hmm. they're, they they don't look like they get out much. A lot of them, they're like, <laughs> hey, what's I uh, just want to, you know, and it's uh, it's endearing, but you know, you never know one of them when one of them is gonna you right. Know, you never know which one is crazy. But also the fact that that list thing, I mean, that's also basically saying like, yeah, fuck you if you're if you're into it. Are you into it? Because I have I, thought about you yeah, in the shower a lot, at yeah. least once this morning. I'm kind of mad I did because I didn't think I'd run into you. What am I? Ch- <laughs> so I'm kind of done for today, but tomorrow. <laughs> but um. All right, so you're you're that girl for a lot of people. You're you're sweet, sort of sweet mission and, accomplished. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> when all right, so you're growing up in Portland, and how does the 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 first break come? What do you are you like a are you a good student? When do because you, you started very young, yeah. acting. So did yeah. you? Um, I was like a I was like a pretty good student, like kind of A's and B's situation. Not, I wasn't like yeah. you know. The, well, you had, I wasn't when you like got a, a dad genius. as a teacher, you're yeah. either going to go either way. Either you're going to fuck it all up or at least do pretty <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, you did pretty. Yeah, well. Yeah, I did pretty. Yeah, um, and uh, I started. I mean, I did like community theater when I was little. Like and, how little though? Because it seems like you were like insanely young. Uh, I did. I think I did my first play. I did Annie. I did, uh-huh. was one of the orphans <laughs> when oh. I was like six. Right. Um, Where in Portland? In Portland, yeah. I mean, you know, sure. real like local productions right. of stuff. Um, but real productions, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, then I did like a couple more kind of regional theater things, and then I auditioned for um, some stuff on on Broadway when I was like ten. So I, your parents started, are schlepping you down to New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they were like the way that I've come to think of it is that they were sort of bewildered but supportive. Mm-hmm. Um. So they uh, they were like into it and helpful and and they and they like would drive me down for auditions and um, and at first people the, my like you know this agent that was like a children's agent that was willing to to take me on um, like wanted to send me up for commercials and stuff mm-hmm. and oh man was I bad at that like, really just t- I when mean when you were a kid like you know like looking the- back on it I'm kind of amazed that I. That I didn't just go like, yeah, okay, you want me to stand here and be like, L'Oreal Kid Shampoo is the greatest, sparkles, whatever. Uh-huh. I was like, why would I be this excited about, about shampoo? shampoo? You're already thinking like an actor. <laughs> Can you give me some direction? Is there some way yeah. to get me excited? No, and it? casting directors would would like when you were when you would be. I don't know if you've done like a lot I of have, commercial auditions, few, but like when you're in like a group of like six. Yeah. You know, well, for me, kids, you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't be in a group of six kids. No, but that'd be you awkward. You know, when you're in a group of six kids, and they're <laughs> it's like, just me and they're the like, kids. Mark, please stop coming in. <laughs> this L'Oreal shampoo is for yeah, kids. It's it, for children. I know, but I should have a right. <laughs> Ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I would be like in a group of of six kids, and they would specifically like call me out for being. They'd be like, Anna, can you know look down at their little card of who's in the room? And yeah. Like Anna, can you be like a little more? A little more excited and a little more happy, and I would kind of just try to do it. But I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm sorry, I cannot get behind this shampoo. <laughs> but it, I mean, it wasn't like out of some sense of superiority or anything. Right. I I just was like, "Well, how can they do this? How can they like just be Gee. on?" And I can't. You I weren't cut out for that. No, you're so, lucky in a way. So I so I stopped um, going to commercial auditions and and only auditioned for like musicals because I at Wait. that age, like you know. 
one one thing you know there were some girls who could be really excited about shampoo yeah and i could um like fill a room with sound and i don't mean that to be like <laughs> 12, yeah. 12 12 year old like yeah retroactive bragging yeah. but uh for a, such a small person i had a pretty big voice so you could belt it out yeah so mostly then we stopped coming like you know six hours to audition for some commercial uh. like and we would only come down for um, Broadway stuff. For, like, for Broadway musical stuff or national tours and stuff like that. That's, I wasn't like, only Broadway for yeah, me. Right. Um, but just anything with singing because I felt like, oh, I actually have a shot. Right. You know? and, and also, I imagine your mom was like, you, you go in for those those commercials you're like in and out in like two minutes exactly. and you just drove six hours and exactly. then it's sort of like well you want to get lunch in the city yeah. <laughs> um, but but exactly like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know my parents worked full time and um, and so eventually my brother and I would go together and he was 14 and I was 12 and we took a we would take Greyhound buses and what was the first gig the first gig was High Society um, which was on Broadway and how old were you I was 12 um, and that was that was huge, right? Yeah, I mean, it was huge for me. Um, the The show only ran like six months, um, but I was nominated for a Tony Award, so that was obviously like enormous for me. Um, that was it. Yeah, all eyes on you. Yeah, I mean, I, at the time, like I still didn't really understand what the fuck was happening. Like, if I, like if if I did a show at this age and yeah. was nominated for Tony, I would like weep and it'd be right. amazing. Whereas at the time, I was like. Awesome. Somebody yeah. thought I did a good job. <laughs> it's it. amazing. Can I do it again now? But like now when you, I don't know if you have this, but like if you want a job and like all you want to do is just like get the job, book the job and then you get it. And then the new fear sets in of, oh, what if I'm not good? And you yeah. know, like getting the job feels like the challenge and then you get it. And then the whole new like wave of anxiety sets in of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be bad in it. And maybe like... I was like, they only it's, hired me because they couldn't get so and so, and you know. Oh, you still go through that. Oh yeah, and um, and and at, also now the pressure is on like, because you know you're you're a known thing, <laughs> so you're actually competing against yourself. Yeah, in yeah, a yeah. Weird way. Yeah, like oh, like one hit wonder sort of thing. Well, just sort of like it, you know, you have, but I think you seem to be someone who's is very in control and and understands your talent. But it's surprising to me that you still you, you feel like um. Like you're actually getting something by default, because I know that happens, but I, I wouldn't think it would happen to you. Oh yeah, I mean, like, there... have you heard stories where it's sort of like that was originally offered to? Um. Well, I think people are very careful to make sure that that kind of information doesn't get around. They're trying to protect you. Yeah. Don't yeah. fuck with her confidence. Yeah. She's doing so well. You you have a team of people to protect you from yourself and knowing these things. <laughs> I'm, but 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 some people and some people's teams are like they have a different relationship and they're very open about like oh you know yeah. they offered it to so and so you blew it and then she got it yeah and 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 then like oh well they didn't want it so actually they're gonna offer it to you and I'm like that I would be like I would just curl up in a ball in my trailer and not be able to do it I'd be like they wanted fucking and you couldn't stop picturing that person mm-hmm. doing it how they would do mm-hmm. it how their choice would yeah. handle it I end up like doing some weird yeah like, like yeah. Jessica Beale impression yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm studying tape of her like they I, wanted her i think that i think that you know i i don't i'm not in the same game as you are but like there's that idea that well what it, it was offered to so-and-so and they took it and then like yeah oh that 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 type of insecurity where you actually are like well maybe i can be better like they are like maybe <laughs> maybe yeah I, it's horrible so you go for the tonys <laughs> and then like do you like i don't know the exact uh trajectory of your career but i mean what happens between the Tonys and Up in the Air. I did a couple more, like, 
sort of workshops for like new Broadway shows, which is, uh, as it turned out, was a mistake because at that age you would just outgrow it by the time it went to stage. But the bottom line was is that because of the Tony nomination and your performance, you were integrated into that community as a force to be reckoned with at the age you were at. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you got opportunities to learn. Exactly, and, right. exactly. So I was also like, I had a plenty of time in between. I was like, had like a totally normal, um, like high school experience. Really? Yeah. Oh, because okay. I mean, like I would go to the city to audition for stuff, but like you know, you had regular friends. Yeah, and you, you had uh, you know yeah. driving around with boys and that kind sure. of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were. You were. Yeah. Well, that, no, God. boys really liked flat-chested theater nerds. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> So basically, you're attracting the same men now that you were in high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. I think also part of it is truly I was sort of terrified of boys yeah. growing up. Yeah. Um, so you were really kind of nerdy. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, well, I wasn't like, I wasn't like socially comfortable. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be like. I don't want to say I'm nerdy to like for cred, you know. I'm not going to let you. Okay, great. I will. I will question your nerd credibility. <laughs> um, but you were a theater girl, mm-hmm. and that's that's its own thing. Yeah. Um, so in high school, you were singing and dancing, mm-hmm. and you were yeah. hanging out with uh, guys who were confused, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you know that that was its own world. I like the people I talked to that that come from that. I think it's it's sort of sweet because it is its own community and they there is a sort of interest around expressing yourself. I think there's a real gift to the theater nerd life in high school. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, competing on the the big social field of, you know, where people get just brutalized. At least if you're a theater nerd and the jocks and the bros and the cheerleaders mock you, you can at least <laughs> seek strength in yeah. the other fragile people and, who are working on the production. And like with any group of people in any town, yeah. you know, there's like there would be jerks in on the football team and nice guys on the football team. I don't. I don't know. I didn't fucking know them. Was but... there much th- uh, theater football crossover? <laughs> no. The, the yeah. one guy. Um, no. 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 None. Right. None. Um, and and similarly, like there were some really amazing um, people in our theater program who you know like challenged me and were interesting and 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 there were some jerks and some like idiots and you know challenged you how? Well, our drama. We had a drama um, coach who, mm-hmm. like, did our um, – uh, who, like, directed the school plays and stuff. And then there, there was a drama teacher for, like, a course in mm-hmm. the, in our school. And the drama teacher was really nice and great. And the drama coach um, hated me and didn't cast me in anything. He hated you. She hated me. Oh, really? And yeah. you know that to be um, true? Yeah. I mean, I think at the at, – well, she – Were you she too sort, talented? Like, she sort of cursed at me a lot. Like, she – I mean, she was really kind of unkind. Was she um, bitter? I, it's, it's... She's still there? Is that why you're protecting I her? don't know. I have no idea where she is, Because I find doing. that interesting that, like... But I think there, like, she used to, like, say crazy stuff. Like, she used to be like, well, I would have been a Broadway actress if I hadn't had kids. And she would, like, say it in front of her kids. And it was like, so what she was, the fuck, She was man? completely bitter. I guess, yeah. What do you mean guess at that, like, that sentence it's, in it's, itself? Uh, it's, so there was a competitive thing, like, because, like, it's those kind of adults that fuck people up for life. Kind, it felt like that a little bit. Like at the time, at the time, yeah. I was at the time, I was like, no, no, like she's just not casting me because there are people who are better. Like I'm just not getting mm-hmm. in. You know, she doesn't want to put me in the play because this, is, I'm this not... is after you did Broadway. Yeah, and we're nominated for Tony, so but, you represented. But I ev- think she was very good at whatever that like domineering teacher thing is. That's that makes you think like, oh well, she knows the she knows best, and 
Okay, like, and then she, like, would dole out, like, a little bit of encouragement, and it would just keep you high for, like, a week, and right. then she would, you know. Swammy. So yeah. she was a horrible, mean person. <laughs> That's what she was. She's just like, Sir, here you go. You're doing great. And like, you're But, God. like, even now, for me to look back on it, and, like, if somebody told me that that had happened to someone else, I'd be like, oh, that person was just being, like, a bitch, and... Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, there's still part of my brain that that's like, no, like she. Oh, okay. Oh, you know. uh, so she's still in there rattling around. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, w- I would keep an eye on that part of your brain. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that, that's that's the part of your brain that'll get you into a really bad relationship <laughs> and stay in it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I uh, I ended up I graduated from high school early so that I could go to New Did York. Did you have a high school boyfriend? No, I had a high school crush, like a big. Fat, stupid crush, like all-consuming crush. With a with a theater guy. Um, he was kind of a theater guy. Was he a loner guy? Yeah, uh, one kind of, of a you know. Yeah. And I was like, I think that with that is a theme that has that has followed me around, which is like that people who are, um, quiet and boring yeah. to me is like, oh, he's tortured yeah. and beautiful. What's going on in and, there? Yeah. Yeah. And um. <laughs> Uh, that followed me around for a while. I think I think I'm ri- I got rid of that, but um, yeah, that's like, been a fun theme for me. You like guys that talk now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of, of verbal communication. <laughs> um, but uh, graduated and went to New York to do um, a little night music at New York City Opera. Now, did you see this? Is that that was you were okay with the idea, or or maybe gunning for the the life of a of a stage actress? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what you wanted yeah i mean all i ever wanted like was to make a living like as an actor yeah in whatever form that took and for a long time like and once i moved to la i was like oh like if i could just like get on a show like then i would like really you know like be um like on like a crime procedural where maybe i got to make a joke once really like that would be like okay because like i just wanted to do the job oh yeah yeah, and then like also keep the lights on did you study did you go to college or did you you no i started i mean i started when i was 12 and i had like a handful of bad experiences with um acting coaches that i went to and stuff. what kind of bad experiences um just where i just felt like um this is this is about you showing me what you would do and and i think there are i'm sure that there are acting programs and acting coaches who are incredible and giving and open and i happen to have like three in a row that were just like showing me like what they would do because you seem to have this amazing natural talent i mean if you can do song and dance already that's like you know an entire two years of acting school you don't need you know (laughs) like if you can do it what do you need to take movement class for um i don't i I don't know i mean part of me is curious like what would a what would it be like to take a movement class like what do you what do they learn i don't know like would you i mean but but then part of me just thinks it's just Getting to do it, like, right. like I've learned so much because I've gotten to work. Like I learn by working. It's not like I've been learning like sitting in front of my computer on Reddit. Like I don't, you know, right. you only learn by doing it. And and yeah. you know, and so if you're not working, then yeah, get in a class, right? Because you're just like figuring it out. So you're in New York and you're doing stage work. So that Tony was really the Tony nomination was huge. I yeah. mean, that changed the whole game. Well, yeah, I mean, but then of course there was like a period where. Um, you know, I think going through puberty and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, so do I, am I like, 
still auditioning for like children's parts because I was so small my whole life. Right. Um, am I still like auditioning for children's parts, especially on stage? You can get away with you know playing children. Yeah. Or am I supposed to be like the ingenue? Right. And I mean, in a little night music, I was playing a thirteen year old. I was seventeen, but I was playing a thirteen year old. That's right. You were gonna have Judy Garland's career. You're gonna exactly. play a famous uh, a child and then be a cabaret singer for the mm-hmm. rest of your life. So uh, there was part of me that was worried about um, like just being like. Uh, like you know, Daisy Egan won a Tony when she was like ten years old, yeah. and um, and she I think is like still working, but there was a long period where she kind of couldn't get arrested. I right, think. like what are you going to do with yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Child phenomenon, exactly. Once she can't be cast as a kid, so I was like, oh, I'm like a fourteen year old has been, and you know that was all that was fun. And, um, and what changed it? Um, well, it wasn't like it certainly wasn't like a like a one event that I can point to. Like I. After Little Night Music, I did a pilot. That's what got me to L.A. I auditioned for... I Oh, I had done I had done this movie, Camp, that was, like, directed by a theater guy and was had all musical theater kids in it. And um, this casting director had seen that, and I was in L.A. He had me audition for Rocket Science, and I did Rocket Science. And that movie... Nobody saw that movie, but filmmakers saw that movie. Right. So uh, I got up in the air based on that. Really? It was written for on me rocket based science. on that. On rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. A movie that nobody saw. But like Jonathan Levine, who directed 50-50, Jason yeah. Reitman wrote Up in the Air for me after um, after seeing Rocket Science. Like, it's, you know, it's it's just funny the way that people are like, so so then you did Up in the Air. And, yeah, people... and of course, like, there was there was stuff like, it, it's like a funny chain of events. I think so so often like you don't understand what the opportunity when you're in it. Yes. And then um and you look back on it and you're like holy crap. That was Well, when you totally got it. Crazy. Did you feel did you feel ready? I mean, were you like okay, here we go. I mean, I can do this. Oh no, I thought it was a mistake. I thought <laughs> even, I legit even No, no, no. It, when I got the job, like cuz my agents were like we think you're going to get an offer like on Monday. Uh-huh. And I was like, guys, you were not in that room with me. It did not go well. But like, this, I, I thought he wrote it for you. But but he did But I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Like, so I thought he didn't like me. I was like, okay, thank you very much. Like, uh-huh. thank you for the opportunity and come in and read for you. Whatever. I was like, okay, great. You know, driving home from Santa Monica, like, well, that sucked. Yeah. And, um, and uh, the long ride after the so bad audition. So I was like, "What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like traffic. So brutal. Doing it again in your head, like oh, oh I should have. Yeah. Oh God, why didn't I play it more? Fuck. But like the the entire time, I was just sort of waiting for them to be like, "Here's the thing. Yeah. Like it's yeah, not yeah. it's not hey, going you, well. You know, uh, they really liked you. Mm-hmm. That weird tone. Yeah. They they thought you did a great audition. But yeah. so what what was the call? Um. Well, they just like told me. Like they said, like on a Friday, they were like, "We think you're going to get an offer on Monday." They'd like heard through channels, and I was like, "I like I don't think you're correct." Like, yeah. um, and and when your agent calls you and tells you you're probably going to get an offer, you're getting an offer, right? But I was like, "No, like don't tell me that. It's yeah. not going to happen." And then they called me and said, "Like, yeah, it's happening." Um, so then, like, but you know, the first like week, I was just like, "What am I?" doing like george Clooney. this is crazy yeah. and george was so nice and um, did he call you after they they you no you i didn't meet him until we were uh on set together but there was the the first thing that we shot together we were standing we we're doing kind of a walk and talk and we were standing waiting to go and he was like do you get nervous i get nervous 
I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that was like the smallest, the smallest thing, but just like opened up my whole world, you know. He's a pro. Yeah, total pro. Yeah. Like, I mean, he probably did that. He for probably you. does that for everybody when he can tell <laughs> yeah. that, like, they're like, what am I doing here? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I don't belong here. Right. Like, just a couple words from him, and you're like, Oh my God, he's a person and right. I'm a person. We're the same. Yeah. There's a, cause like he knows that, mm-hmm. I mean, not in a, a, an arrogant way, but it, he yeah, knows he that. Yeah, he knows that he makes people nervous. What the George Clooney? Yeah. Like he knows that you've got to be standing there going like, that's fucking George mm-hmm. Clooney, like right there. Yeah. But your performance in that was so uh, amazing. What, when you work with somebody like him, who I think is, you know, an amazing movie star and an amazing actor. I mean, what do you, how else did he make you comfortable i mean what did you learn from that dynamic i mean as opposed uh, to working with the people you i mean i think like looking back on it i think there were times that he could tell that i was like in my head overthinking yeah. and um there was a uh there was a day when i was really in my head about a scene that we were about to do and he was like throwing nerf footballs around and like intentionally kind of hitting me and stuff like which at the time i was genuinely like bro i'm like trying to get you know <laughs> trying to get in the scene and stuff but you know it was like you need to like snap out of it a little yeah. bit and then there was a day when i we were shooting uh the scene where um i'm sitting across from the computer screen and i'm firing a guy over the computer screen for the first time it's like an older guy right i remember that scene yeah. and um and uh george was sitting next to me and he sat there next to me all day like i because i like couldn't move i was like stuck to it was like such a complicated heavy scene and um they were like moving camera equipment and stuff and i like just was sitting there and he sat next to me like kind of just like feeling me out and like he would do the scene with me like at one point I was like oh can you run lines with me and he just like immediately did the scene with me and and I didn't realize until later like you know he's like a fucking movie star he could have just fucked off and right. you know called gone his, to his trailer yeah gone yeah. to his trailer gone like you know called yeah. his agent whatever let alone like run a scene with me that he's not even in i mean he's there but he right you know he ran the other guy's lines with me oh really you know like yeah, so yeah. that kind of like generosity was it you know it's something i think about all the time That's like sweet. that if he can be that generous like everybody should be able to do that right right that's that's amazing uh, amazing story and i didn't like so all at the same time you're doing you did up in the air and you're doing the twilight thing and then <laughs> like that was a pretty big few years for you and it's like scott pilgrim mm-hmm. just like boom, 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 boom. the twilight thing now i can't even imagine the type of fans you have for this <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. When you said Twilight, I kind of laughed and I didn't mean to. But because um, we were shooting um, a scene for Pitch Perfect in this like kind of crazy house in Louisiana, and they put our just now the Pitch Perfect two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they um, they put us uh, in this room, uh, you know, like for holding. Like they were like you know all the girls like hang out in there, and the the daughter was like a big a big Twilight fan, and like this room has blank spaces on the wall and that room had no blank spaces on the wall like there's a lot of art in this room yeah. Th- this room was covered floor to ceiling with twilight with twilight stuff uh-huh. and i was like this is maybe where i die <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but i mean you know t- like i didn't uh i didn't actually meet the girl but you know i had heard that like 
her thing to her mom was like, I could be like uh, into heroin or, you know, like I'm so I'm into Twilight. Like, yeah. what's the big fucking deal? Right. And if that's her attitude, then cool. Like whatever right. you're into, like right. it's a little intense. You should know that it's a little aggressive when like and people might get the wrong idea when they come into your room. <laughs> but like if your attitude is just like this is what I'm into. So sue me like fantastic. Right. Whatever. Well, but it you. is. But it is visually aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing the second Pitch Perfect movie, yes. and that movie was very popular again with I think a different type of teenage girl than yes. Twilight. Yes. So you're covering there's, all. There's a fair amount of crossover. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think maybe just as the Twilight girls were growing up and growing out of that, then you know, Pitch Perfect was there to catch them. I don't know. Okay. A fair but amount. Did you ever see yourself as like it seemed to me that in, in <laughs> looking at your stuff that you would be this this pop star? I mean, that that it's, song would blow up. It's actually really funny. I I was talking to um Keegan Michael Key and yeah. um and I had said that I was going to do your show because I really liked his um episode. And, yeah. And we talked about that a little bit, and then I started talking about. This this thing that happens with the Twilight fans and with the Pitch Perfect fans where part of me genuinely feels whenever like children come up to me and they're like, hi, like as though I'm like Mickey Mouse at Disney. I'm like, what are you doing? Get away from me. I'm terrible. <laughs> like inside, I'm like this 75 year old grizzled man who's yeah. like, oh, children, yeah. Ugh, everything like the sun, get it out. Like and. I like part of me is genuinely like has to remind myself like oh right like you have to be like on and okay for when that's your job when, like little girl but but I was like it because um you don't have to be Keegan was like you should say that to Mark Marin because I was like oh my god yeah it's like if you suddenly found yourself in a situation where like little kids were like oh my gosh Mr. Marin yeah, yeah, can yeah. I like talk to you you would be like why I, I get would away talk from to, me I would talk to their parents and say like you shouldn't let this you kid you shouldn't that's how I feel I'm like don't let your child near me yeah, I'm like have I'm, you listened to what I do I'm the worst yeah but 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 only you know that like you know, from, from if if kids were coming up to me from you know based on what I put out in the world, I would have to question their parents' permissiveness to, <laughs> you know. What yeah, I mean? and I'd also feel bad for the kid, and I'd probably be like, "Look, you're, I'm I'm going to try to help you out, <laughs> save you a little time, because <laughs> if you're identifying with me at this age, it's it's going to be hard." Yeah. Okay. But, but for you, I imagine that what well, you have, a and choice. it's not like I don't enjoy the experience. It's not like I'm like, oh, like these these kids. Right, it's not like I have. I'm getting something bad out of that experience. I'm just, just like, I'm just like, oh my god, what could they possibly want right. from me? Right, because you there. There's always going to be that separation between the role and you, mm-hmm. and and they only know the role. Yeah. So like, it's weird. I guess as a as a person with that type of celebrity, you know, you could choose to be a dick. But, sure. but, 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 you know, why not just be like, oh, hi, you yeah. know, but because they can't really censor inner dialogue unless you spend a lot of time with them. And if you're spending a lot of time with your child fans, is it problem? yeah, problematic? <laughs> All right. So, but the pop star thing now, is that something, are you making more records? No, you do, no, no, you don't want to do that. No, it's big though. I mean, that song was big. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I I would rather have one big accidental hit song than like make a record. I mean, yeah. I don't like write songs. I don't, you know. Okay, it's not for me. That's fine. I do want to talk about Happy Christmas. Oh, and I do want to talk about the movie we were both in. When's that fucking coming out? What movie? Get a job. Oh my god. 
What the fuck happened uh, the, to that movie? I know. That's so funny. Brian Cranston came up to me at Comic-Con and was like, what happened to the movie? Marsha Gay Harden came up to me at this like charity event and was like, what happened to that movie? Now like, I am. Everybody is like, in that movie. what are we? But how many people? He had everyone in the movie. I mean, I'm not anybody, but I did one scene in it. I played the sweezy hotel manager. Oh, and 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 Jay Farrow when I yeah, did SNL, Jay Farrow was like, "When is that movie coming out?" Yeah, he like, was in the scene I was in. That is crazy. When is it coming out? I don't think it is, bro. Uh-huh. I think it's just like uh, it's Limbo? like a mystery. It's like gonna never, ever, ever. What's well, one of those things that every? Well, honestly, he... at this point, like it's been too. Like it was a very like kind of a few years topical ago. comedy. And all thing. the you got, and like, all you young guns were in it, and now you're all like you know middle aged. I know, people. like Miles Ter- Miles Teller. I know now, like it's supposed to be like we're we're fresh out of college, right? And, that's weird. Yeah. Because it seemed like a big budget movie. And what was the name of that director? I He was like a Dylan big... Dylan Kidd. Yeah. Great director. Yeah. It was like... It was crazy. It's crazy to me that that can happen. Like why they wouldn't just... I mean, I... Ugh. How bad could it be or what happened? No, that, I, I've, I've heard several explanations about like the, you know, distribution companies being split up and, you know, uh-huh. it's just in limbo and whatever. But yeah, part of me is like... But how, not even on DVD? I don't... It's crazy. It's crazy because it's just like... Somebody must want to make some money back. No? You would think? No? I mean, everyone was fucking in it. It's weird. Like, all you guys were... I'm, I'm lumping you into with everybody. But, but um, yeah, Miles Teller, you, Cranston. Nick Braun, Chris Mintz-Plas. And uh, Allison Brie. Yeah, Allison was in it. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, we'll see what happens. So, now, like, I went and saw Happy Christmas at the... Roxy in San Francisco. Oh, far out! It was kind of wild because I was I was with somebody up there and we were just uh, on vacation and I'm like, let's go see it. And we get there and it was the the program directors last night and they skyped in Joe Schomburg for an interview. No way for Q and A. So like I didn't say anything because I came in at the end of that viewing, but he actually did this Q and A over Skype with this small audience. That's crazy! I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. And, uh, I felt really bad because I could. I was like doing um, Pitch Perfect, and I couldn't even promote it. I felt like such a douche. Well, what? Well, that like he like I don't know a lot of his movies, but he's sort of the mumblecore guy, mm-hmm. and he sort of developed this thing. And he like when I heard him speaking, you know, he he went out of his way to shoot it on actual film, mm-hmm. and you can feel that. Yeah. Like I knew I noticed that when I watched it, it's like I haven't felt that in a while. It yeah. does make a difference. There's immediacy to the performances, and there's a tone to the to the. Actual Actual film itself that you know it it's uh it's its own thing it felt like a real little movie and it had that that kind of rawness to it but for you to choose how'd that come about because i i your performance is great and, that, and i like the movie a lot but it's so contrary to anything else that you're doing yeah um i uh well i had basically Joe Schwanberg, i'm sorry i said schomberg yeah go ahead um i had made uh I had made Pitch Perfect and I made Get a Job. Yeah. I was just sort of feeling like I'd made two movies that were um, uh, like almost almost kind of safe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this my agent set up this Skype meeting with Joe and I felt really um, kind of freaked out about doing a movie that was all improv. And I thought that was Had really, you never done that? No, 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 no. Like, like I, I, all improv. Like there's no paper involved. Right. But had, had you done improv scenes before? Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, but but no more than, you know, than most people on like, most movies. Like a third take? Like why don't we yeah, just do one? Yeah, and, yeah. And like, you know, and do alts. Right. You know, it's not really like, exact, it's not like the same. Right. Um, And he was talking about making Drinking Buddies. And, um, 
and part of me was like, this is terrifying. You shouldn't do this. And then, you know, I was like, I sort of really genuinely went into it thinking like, it's okay to fail. Like, it's okay if you're bad at this and it's okay if the movie's not like incredible and like that will be okay. Like the world won't end if you fail. And did you like his movies though? Yeah, I liked okay. his movies, and I, I, that was that attitude was mostly coming from. I just literally had no idea what it would be like to do a movie where someone pointed a camera at you, and you, you know, were was, like, "Okay, great." So you knew how he worked. I mean, that was where I learned, and I had such a great time on that that the day that we wrapped, he was like, "Hey, do you want to make this movie in December for like even smaller budget, like a quarter of the budget?" Did he shoot that one on film as well? I don't. Think I don't think so. he did. Because no. he sort of made it a point to really say that he was doing it, so that well, was because normally pretty... you just can't afford it, you know. Right, and but... and with with Happy Christmas, uh, the budget was something like eighty grand, and mm. all of it went to the film stuff, right? You know, and the rest of it we shot it in his house, and I wore my own clothes, and I did my own makeup, and you know, we like Drinking Buddies. Just, I mean, I haven't seen that, but it's not really that old of a film. I no, mean, no, no. It... We shot Drinking Buddies in August and shot Happy Christmas in December. So the experience with working with, with Joe so Swanberg was, was, it was very so, specific. It was so good that like I, I didn't even I didn't I hadn't even seen a cut of Drinking Buddies before we made Happy Christmas. But you, so you because I just the loved experience. the experience so much. Because the character in uh, in Happy Christmas is endearing but troubled. Yes, the and- the, the character in. Drinking Buddies is very um, together and sort of the most together person in the film Uh um, and very sure of herself. Like she just, she's not sure of herself, but she just knows who she is and she knows what's going on. And so I was really excited that Joe wanted me to play someone who was so um, lost. Well, that, I mean, it's also, it must be an amazing exercise as an actress where you're at in your acting career and, and having done the stuff that you've done to really do something new and challenge yourself as an actor. Yeah, I mean, I've I've really never played somebody who's a total mess, and I was excited that Joe saw that saw that in me, like saw that I was capable of that, and um, and really really excited to do it because I feel like that's it was it was scary, yeah, but um, I feel like that is something that I really wanted to like explore and play with, and, and also working with Melanie. I mean, she's oh, am, she's, she's amazing. Heaven. She's heaven. You know, I I I don't see her enough. Yeah. Yeah, she's an incredible person and actress, and it was, I mean, a total privilege. Like, uh, she was the first person that Joe mentioned about, you know, to, to play his wife, and I was like, oh, are you kidding? Like, because she was in Up in the Air, but we didn't get to work together. Right. So, I was so excited. Would she play this other oh, sister? The sister. Right, right, right. But I, you know, I so had, you got, and I had you met her, her oh, right. and I thought she was just lovely, but, and I think she's so talented, but um, we, you know, never interacted. So I was so excited to be able to do scenes with her. And what did, what did you learn about yourself or about, you, you know, acting in general from, you know, working with her and working in that sort of situation? Because when I saw Joe Swanberg, you know, talk about the, the, the actual idea that that's the way film was made at some other point in time where you had to really kind of be deliberate and you didn't have a million takes mm-hmm. and that you had to, you sort of had to get it and I, I did, did you find yourself like in the back of your head because i know in working in in the limited way i do in television that you're like what does it cost to do another take right. why not do 20 who gives a shit right you know you're, there's we're not burning anything with time it's not we're not burning film stock 
So did you have that in the back of your head? Did you were you aware that like we're not going to do this again? Well, there were there were sort of two things going on, which was absolutely that that yeah. we're shooting it on film, and also that um, the my character in Drinking Buddies, the challenge was knowing when to listen because I thought the hardest thing about doing movies like this would be coming up with stuff to say. Yeah. you know, someone's like, "Oh, we're going to do a movie, and the entire thing is improv." Your brain first goes to like, "Oh, what if I can't think of like, right? You know, how to move the scene forward and what to say and how to be charming and funny and stuff right. like that." And actually, it's really easy to just you know run your mouth and fill time right and it was challenging to oh, know, God, I know when to just be still <laughs> here we are yeah. <laughs> um, um when to be still and when to listen uh-huh. and and especially because i was playing someone who um is really comfortable with herself which is uh which is you know hard for me to play um that i that was sort of the challenge on on that movie. And well, what did you put in place to do that what, in your mind? Um, my, I based my character on my sister-in-law, who's okay. married to my brother. Um, and, and just behaviorally and, and you, you know, when there were moments in your mind where you're like, oh, what did she say that? They, yeah, like, no, she's just, contrary. well, she's a teacher and, you know, my character in Drinking Buddies is a teacher and she teaches um, all levels of um, special needs in like an inner city school and she just has this like uh, well of patience and, uh-huh. you know, and I just, I, I'm, you know, very like impressed by her as a human being. So, um, so you got I just to... tried to like channel Liza, um, and then the trick for uh, Happy Christmas became, oh, I can actually, I should be like filling the time because this character can't shut up, doesn't know like when to shut up. But then, of course, the risk is that it's a deeply personal process and you end up saying something that is like, oh, I just put that on film for the whole wor- world to see. So not only was it like, oh, we don't get too many chances to do this. It's like I my objective is to not self-censor at all and just say like whatever feels, you know, like just the first idiotic thing that comes to my mind. And, right. Um, and to not go oh no yeah yeah yeah. shut up shut up yeah because um the character is very self-centered yes yes and 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 the character is sort of based on um you know the darkest parts of myself and the darkest parts of people i know well and you know and part of me was like oh should i not be exposing this much not that people will like look at it and you know think anything just that i'll feel exposed and vulnerable but it's a very it's interesting growing up in in the world that we grow up in or or being like it was all very familiar to me for some reason yeah that that character it was it was not like this menacing dark you know kind of like (laughs) you're not concerned you're like no i've dated that girl yeah you know i've been that guy yeah like they're they're familiar there's something about the i mean we're not we're different generations but there's something about you know kind of the the, you know, kind of you know, being young and a little fucked up and not knowing what to do and smoking weed and getting fucked up. And y- it's not it's it's what we do. So yeah. uh, so the emotions of that character were not anything people are going to be like, what the fuck? I mean, I've been surprised by the varied reactions. Like, like that's what? definitely my feeling. Like right. what you know, yeah. that like I know this girl and I'm and I've been this girl and I know um, and I know that. Um, like she's really making some bad decisions and she's embarrassing herself and and then like when she try when she like isn't capable of fucking apologizing like I I sympathize with that and because that's so hard and um 
And I've been surprised that other people's reactions to it are really like, you're a terrible person. Like, not even like your character. Are these like, the 13-year-olds? No. <laughs> no, there was this woman at um, Sundance who was like, I just want to say, Melanie, like, you gave such an amazing performance and like talked about Melanie's acting and then goes, but you, I wanted to throttle. And like, it really, it kind of undid me. Like, and it kind of like rang in my head for the rest of the night that this woman was like... So, like, and she didn't say, like, congratulations on your performance. She like, couldn't make any separation. No, she, like, she was just, like, so, um, but I, you know, but she probably has a person like that exactly. in her life. Who is currently making her crazy. Might be her daughter. And she could go, oh, Melanie, you're me. And right. therefore, like, you did such a good job portraying me. And you're a nightmare. And you're a terrible person. Well, that, well, that's an interesting thing that, that I learned recently is just how much when you're a public person or you do creative things and, and it, that you become this, uh, this repository of people's projections that they're not, you know, they like a lot of times, especially in a movie that that, that is that raw and feels like that, they're not going to separate you from that character and you're just going to serve that purpose. I mean, it, it, sadly, that's what makes you know, the art of drama, you know, effective. Is mm -hmm. that it's sort of what you have to live with, especially in a culture where it seems like now people are very incapable of separating reality from fiction mm -hmm. almost everywhere. It's bizarre how some people be like, that was just you. It's like, no, it's a, it's a we shot a whole movie and they right. just project that stuff. But I know that character is, a, it is a disturbing character, but I think it's a very common character. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I think you did a good job. Thanks, man. Did you watch it? I did. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it's. It was really surprising to me watching it that um, I felt like I was doing. Like I felt like when we were making it, like more would come across on screen, and there were scenes when I was like, "Oh no, I should have like, um, like I like nothing's really happening in this scene," and and you know, it's it's like it just feels like it feels like nothing's happening and I should have pushed myself or I should have done oh, really? something different yeah, yeah. and then been so so happy beyond thrilled that people are like oh that scene at the end when did, and I'm like oh my god like I forget that like you can show restraint as an actor and as a filmmaker and you know in any kind of art form and people will feel you know what you're feeling if right. it's like if it's honest yeah you know right and if I had like pushed my you know the emotion of that scene I think it would have you know, ruined it. Right. But I, I was watching it going like, because in traditional filmmaking, it would be like, this is the part where she cries. Right. This is the part where she apologizes. This is, the, and like, because you don't have a writer giving you the words, you're just you. And like, you have to come up with the words. And I couldn't, you know, I could barely muster like an apology. And when people were yelling at me in the movie, I just couldn't um, apologize because that would be, you know, that would that would it would have been impossible and there but if it was written I probably would have I probably would have cried in that scene I probably would you know well that's right because that that character in that movie was enabled to not possess that self awareness that was part of the 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 thing of of her is that she was incredibly selfish but you know self awareness would have just crumbled her and that may be another movie but that may be the journey of that fictional character yeah but it was not that movie right. And, and, uh, yeah. but, but yet still at the end it, it is a sympathetic character and if yeah. people miss that they got stuck somewhere in the middle yeah in fuck her yeah i totally agree like and and i think because i i so sympathize with people who um like 
I like when they like clumsily attempt to say like this is what I'm feeling and and this is you know and I can sort of glean what's happening and I'm like you don't have to say it like you don't have, right. you know well it's a person it's a character that that is unable to, unable to take responsibility for her actions yeah but it doesn't mean that she doesn't feel oh, ashamed not. and she no. doesn't you know and and that and that in meeting Melanie's character she finds someone who's willing to like her own brother is not necessarily willing to like take that leap and. And say, like, I know that she feels these things and she's just bad at telling me. And, like, Melanie's character is such a great compliment because she is open enough that she can see, like, I know what I know what's happening. Right. But you but also your character, there was a there was a a, a back and forth with that, that you were able to sort of, you know, push her character through her fear. And then she was able to be empathetic with your character once you know, you were sort of working together in some weird way. I don't, yeah. want, to, I don't want to spoil the movie, but but there, it's. I was surprised in watching it. That had been a long time since I'd watched uh, an independent film that that is like that, where where they aren't respecting you know story points of, right. of how a movie should go. But yeah. like there were points in that movie where I'm like, something really shitty's gonna, something really bad is gonna happen, <laughs> and it like I had that moment where it's like, oh, it's, it didn't. It yeah. just kind of went through. <laughs> That, yeah, that part. It was very honest. Yeah, and I thought it was great. So yeah, it's like a very small story, but I'm, I'm, but it's very honest. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean that, and, and you just don't see that much anymore. Even with you know, quote unquote, independent movies, it's hard to really decipher what that means in terms of the freedom of the filmmaker because there's so many restraints and and people want to sell their movies, and it just seems like Joe, you know, lets lets the thing breathe, and he's got a certain you you, you know um, point of view. Yeah. That that seems to be growing like he you know, he you know, he's very sophisticated about what he wanted to do there. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said, like it's it's there's definitely a feeling of like it's OK to fail. And and with Happy Christmas, we were all really kind of willing to be brave and know that we were shooting on film and, you know, you know, uh, exposing like very personal parts of ourselves because it was like for 80 grand. Nobody knew we were making it. It was like nine people. Right. In, like there was like. A DP, a sound guy, like it was, there was nine people. Right. You know, it felt like we were kind of like getting away with something. We were like, yeah. no one, on no one knows yeah. we're here. We're at Joe's house. Which is crazy. Like, you yeah. know, how many people work on your show and right. sign off on exactly. your show? And, exactly. and, and, and we were just like in his house making this movie. And um, so it also felt like, you know, and when I said to you, like, oh, you know, if you've seen Happy Christmas, you know, and if you hate it, like, right. that, like that's also fine. Like, right. if you don't like it, like... Well, the way I'm, I'm very open-minded, and, and certainly when, you know, somebody... And I think that hearing Joe talk, you know, having not really known him, and, and, and maybe at some point in my life, maybe I think I saw maybe one of his movies a while back. Um, and, I you know, I got it. But this seemed actually more sophisticated than, than whenever they were trying to label him. Like, there there's a tradition of, of real independent film that doesn't honor, you know, the constraints of... Mm-hmm. of, of of what movie making is like real renegade cinema. Yeah. And I think he does that, but he does it, you know, in a very vulnerable way in a very relatable way, but he's making real art movies. Yeah. And not self-aware art movies, not like self, you know, sort right. of like, it's, Yeah. That's, that was the, that was the beautiful thing. There was no like producer rushing right. in going, Oh, at this point in the movie, shouldn't the boyfriend turn right. out to be blah, blah, blah or right. whatever. Yeah. It and I, just... it, I, I have a tremendous respect for anybody that goes off the grid and does their own thing. And it was able to pull it together and, and get talent that like you and Melanie and, and and do that thing. So when does Pitch Perfect two happen? When it like what what's going on? And then you do that. You did this other big like what was the other big uh, 
this exciting movie that you're in into the woods yeah that's the that's the Merrill one that's where I got to work with the, okay the incredible Wait, now Street. what now tell me about that movie um it's it's based on a on a musical uh Stephen Sondheim musical um I know him yes yeah, I know that I, mean, I wasn't trying to like change, I, I wasn't trying way. to like I think I knew it was Stephen Sondheim so it, it do you sing in it I do so it's like it's it's of the the Les Mis ilk it's like a big movie like the ab, like sure. the like the like a musical. <laughs> yeah, it's like a the, yeah. the new musicals the, that happen. The new occasionally. musical, yeah. And, yeah. and Rob Marshall, who directed Chicago, um, is directing it. So um, he's a like obviously one of the people who brought back the musical in the best possible way because Chicago was just such a revelation. And um, it's based on all the fairy tales sort of meeting oh, right, in right. the woods. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, that's uh, that's Sondheim's. He's a smart guy. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah, and it's it's very much about <laughs> like, you know, like going into the darkness and going, you know. In, uh-huh. Who do you play? Uh, I play Cinderella, uh-huh. believe it or not. And uh, I, I uh, it's it's the, the first act of the show is basically the stories kind of as you know them like everyone's intersecting which is which is new but um like it ends with me marrying the prince and it's you know it's basically uh and little red riding hood gets away from the wolf and rapunzel escapes the tower and you know it's all um great and and then the second act is like what happens after happily ever after and all the consequences of your actions and you know my prince cheats on me and my you know uh that's what princes do yeah it's uh it's it's like all the it's like a lot of high schools just do the first act of the show um (laughs) and of course the second act is like the mind-blowing beautiful um human thing yeah yeah it's it's just like so stunning and so smart and and you did work directly with merle yeah and and she sings this song to, I can't even imagine what that must Oh, be. it was insane. I mean, I, I was with um, James Corden, and he at one point was like, you know, people would pay so much money to, like, get a chance to see this happening, and we just get to be here. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could raffle off, like, the chance to watch Meryl Streep sing The Last Midnight at the end of Into the Woods. Like, it, you know, it would raise, you know, tons of money. It, like, people yeah. would pay insane amounts of money, uh-huh. and we just get to fucking be here. Like, like us idiots. W- it's amazing. What was it? Like, I'm... I'm, I'm um, uh, there's a line amazed. there's a line um, she sings a song to us basically um, about um, you know like we everyone wants to self-identify as the good guy of yeah. course um, and that she is like okay so I'm the bad guy but I'm right and that sort of there's this line where she's like um, you're so nice you're not good you're not bad you're just nice and um and she like just ha- watching her say that to me like filled me with this like shame this like deep <laughs> I was just like oh my god this is crazy you know because she is saying like these are the consequences of your actions and apparently I'm the only one who's ready to deal with them and mm-hmm. maybe it won't be easy and we'll have to like get some blood on our hands but this is we're in dire straits and this is happening but we're all like no we're the good guys we wouldn't do anything bad yeah like we're the good so stories yeah he's, and it's basically the choice between um uh doing something nasty to save ourselves or just you know standing there and going no we but we don't you know it's like we're kind of grappling with like but, the, but we, we're the good guys right so you it, the actual idea is that you're you're actually grappling with 
the 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 single dimension of the of the of the fairy tale of the story of, uh, that as if mm-hmm. your character had to live by that mm-hmm. and this is like her yeah okay that's, that's, yeah that's like so yeah so people kind of um coming to terms with um but did you see were you able to sort of like was there a moment in her process where you know not unlike um well i don't want to compare her to him just because we talked about it but like as an actress to see the difference between Merle kind of like before the scene and then like, because I just imagine her transformation has got to be mind blowing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and she, she was not, uh, you know, she would just be joking before the takes right. and stuff, which is just, you know, so impressive. And to me, cause I, I don't, I don't know how you don't like just take a second, but she's just, I mean, her, like, I don't know. It's just, you work your muscle that frequently and that well. And you're just like, Oh, this is no big deal. <laughs> I got this. It's only the climax of the movie. I'm just, I'm just excellent. Right. Right. Um, But, um, but I mean, you know, we were in like scenes where uh, there was like a lot of kind of a lot of blocking and a lot of characters. And she was always thinking about, you know, about everything and everyone in that scene. And it's easy to just think about what you, what your job is in that scene. And she was sort of like, okay, but if she's over there, wouldn't I be thinking about, you know, like, right. you know, like, cause I've got to have an eye on her. She's because, asking you know, questions. Yeah. Or- yeah. Um, like when we were in the rehearsal process and when we were blocking everything out, she was very like aware of every other character. And, um, and I, and I heard that from other people who did um, other scenes with her, that she was very, very much like, Okay, but you know, but now like like that. Yeah, I mean, do you see the benefit in that for you? Is that something that now you as an actor would integrate into your thinking? I mean, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Like to to be uh, because it's uh, it's always fun and easy to do a scene with with one other person or two other people. But yeah, I mean, I that's normally what I do. But on on movies with with a bigger cast it's it's so easy to just think okay but like what I'm do just, I do yeah what do I do what do I say what's important like mm-hmm. what do I need to do and like when's the camera going to be on me and I need to make sure that I'm ready for that and mm-hmm. and 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 not be thinking about how the whole scene is going to feel and um you know I, I don't know that I would be like shouldn't she you know because right, I'm right. not Meryl Streep yeah. but at, at least to be aware of like how the rhythm of that scene is going to be fe- affected and, and how you can aid the uh like the feeling of the scene and the feeling of the piece as opposed to just like i just want to say my line yeah. good <laughs> you know? yeah how your parents feel about all this are they excited are they thrilled do yeah. they come to premieres do you are they like she did it yeah um i mean I, it's funny i i felt like when they came uh last christmas they came to my place and stayed at my place and i kind of felt like that because that was something real like because like good reviews Mm -hmm. and um like going to premieres and stuff is sort of abstract yeah you know and and i think for them to see like i am their daughter and i grew up in maine and i wanted to be an actress which is insane Uh and i moved to california and I'm like living in a house uh-huh. that I bought because I did it. <laughs> like, was like, oh, she did it. Yeah. You know, like that was a really beautiful moment. Like, I kind of got all like teary and I was just like, anyway, this is like, you know, so this is like my backyard and it's cool. Cause, did um, they get teary? I, I mean, I don't know that they were especially teary or anything, but like, I could just feel that they were like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, you're like, you're, and it was, it was almost like, it was almost like anything. Like, you know, 
mm-hmm. like that it was like oh you bought a house or you got married or you like whatever it's just like you're a person right and so it's not like it's it's almost like acting wasn't even really a part of it. Right. It was more just like she did all oh, right. She's like it would be like because I don't have an office that I could show them like mm-hmm. if but if I was like oh this is my office and you know it's like where I do my work and what it would be like that like oh she's like really a person who's like got a, a got a life and you know and <laughs> and you sort of and I didn't expect that I was just like so here's my house but you felt it yeah I felt like that they were like oh okay like. The, right. the emotion was there's like, like a solid uh-huh. thing happening here you yeah. have like a home yeah. and so like you're, your emotion, you're gonna be okay right and you, but your emotion must have been that sort of that weird moment of realizing that separation that that there is that weird moment where you know you spend all that time with your parents who are supportive and they're mm-hmm. you know everyone's hoping for the best but you don't really think about that way but it seems like that moment where you got emotional was like i i am a person yeah <laughs> yeah right. i'm not just like jan's kid yeah <laughs> yeah like that oh my god i have yeah because you sort of run through life like sometimes i walk through this house which is you know no prize but like i had like it happened the other night because you know i'm alone over here now and it's just sort of like i own a house (laughs) when the fuck did that you you know and i'm 50 like i just never like i didn't know how to buy a house when i bought this house Mm -hmm. there's that moment where you're like i'm i i'm i'm a grown up i'm a homeowner right and a grown person so what's this problem with your neighbors oh god so, uh, admittedly, um, like the outside of my house is I'm away all the time and, yeah. and, um, I've got like a couple things that I need to, to do like some structural stuff that I need, you know, just to yeah. make sure that everything's like up to code and whatever. And so I hadn't bothered like putting, um, like nice landscaping in like the, the surrounding area uh-huh. of my, which is like very small by the way, right. like extremely like thin little strip of yeah. whatever, but apparently it's like displeasing to the to the eyes of of my neighbors and several of them have like left notes oh my being god being like oh but here's the my favorite someone went through the trouble of finding like some f- like fake website that i mean they must have just like been pissed off and like googled like anna kendrick earnings or something mm-hmm. and like this extremely fake website that said that last year i made 86 million dollars what i was like if i made 86 million dollars i would live in a palace in dubai <laughs> like you think i would be in bijou canyon <laughs> like um so they printed this out they like you know what? printed out this fake page that was like and it said that i had a fashion line and like you know so they were like, why can't you? So they, and they folded it up and they were like, maybe you should use some of your millions to like get a landscaper or whatever. Oh. And it's just made me like, yeah, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm just going to take my that, time. To me, that defines the word cunty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but that is so cunty. Do you know who did it? I don't. I don't. I don't yes. really care. Like, I, but it's so. St- oh, it's so cunty. It's just like. <laughs> it is, right? Oh, yeah. Worst. Yeah, don't do it. I would, um, I would maybe get some car parts and just scatter <laughs> them about. <laughs> just get, get something up on blocks out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was great talking to you. You too. You feel like we did we did what we needed to do? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see you. It's a pleasure to meet you. I was nervous. You were nervous. Yeah, I was nervous. Why are you nervous? I was totally nervous. Um, well, because I thought we were. I thought you were going to be mad at me that we had to reschedule so many times. No, I was just amazed that it happened at all. Okay. And uh, and that, uh, yeah, I get, like, it, it's like, I just get nervous. I don't know, you, you know, you're a big actress. 
I was nervous. I was nervous. Everybody told me that um, that you were gonna like get deep, and I and I was probably gonna leave being like, "Why did I say that thing about my grandmother <laughs> or whatever?" What happened with your grandmother? No, nothing. <laughs> see, <laughs> you see. <laughs> Ah, lovely, lovely woman. Great actress. Thrilled that she came by. Uh, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Get the app. Get the free app. Upgrade to the premium app. Uh, do that stuff. On uh, Thursday, I'm going to talk to Kathy Griffin. That should be interesting. We started out together. I've not really talked to her in a long time. Um, I think we're okay. Boomer lives! Boomer lives!